0: Greetings, all you God lovers out there everywhere. I just want to talk to you today and share about something that uh, I believe is on a lot of people's hearts and uh, issues that should be addressed at this time. Um, It's going to be called Casting Every Care. And um, what I am seeing and hearing, and you hear it on, uh, you know, you can't help but being drawn in by the news media. And if you're following news and listening to news, that uh, this world's in a bad shape. Well, we know that because it's always been in a bad shape. Um, You know, we live in a wilderness and we are just passing through in this life. But um, one of the things that can happen is we can get caught up into the cares of this world and uh, and entangled in them and it can make an effect on us uh, in our everyday life. But um, I want to talk to you today and... uh, Dive into this and and really be sharing something that you know what Jesus had to say about it and and um, what the disciples had to say about it. So I want to start in Mark chapter four, verse thirty five, and uh, and let's let's read that. And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, "Let us cross over to the other side." Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in a boat as he was, Um, and other little boats were also with them. Now, you need to underline that. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now you need to underline, do you not care? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But, uh, but he said to them, uh, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? How often during the height of a storm in life, do we ask the question, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? In life, many people face adversities that may bring them to the point of fear and despair, asking this question of God. Through fear, discouragement, or fatigue, overwhelming thoughts can over, can't over overwhelm one's mind, leading uh, to the idea that we are all alone in our boat, fighting a storm, and not Even God cares about us. Some may even think that uh, he must be asleep somewhere, even though the psalmist tells us differently in Psalms 121, verse 3. Um, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber, neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The word keeper right there means to protect or keep watch and to ward over, to hedge about. Now, what Jesus said to them um, in this verse, he said, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you do not have faith? And they feared exceedingly. Um, Everyone has to deal with fears at some point in life. Even the apostle Paul had to deal with fears. We find this in 2 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 7 verses 5 through 6. Um, when they arrived um, in Macedonia, our bodies had no, no ease or rest, but we were oppressed on every side and afflicted at every turn, fighting, fighting in contentions without dread and fears within us. But God, who comforts and encourages and refreshes and cheers the depressed and the sinking, comforted and encouraged and refreshed the cheers and cheered us by the arrival of Titus. Now, just as in life, St. Mark makes it a point to mention that other little boats were with them during the storm. This illustrates the truth that we are never alone when it comes to storms of life. As I said, everyone experiences a storm at some point in life, The intensity may vary, but the outcome and destruction uh, does not have to be the same. Disciples were at a point in this storm where they asked Jesus if he cared if they perished. Now, you know, you understand this word perish. It means to suffer the destruction of one's life or to have one's life destroyed. Now, it's interesting to note that the disciples, many experienced fishermen, had fought hard during the storm, yet the boat obviously was taking on more water than they could remove. Overwhelmed by the situation, they came to the same conclusion that many people could come to. Jesus does not care that we are all going to die. They came to this conclusion based on the fact that he was not uh, up helping bail water and in a panic over the situation. This is the first truth we must understand. God never panics about anything. He knows the beginning from the end and the results will be decided by faith in his word. Remember, it accomplishes what he sends or speaks it forth to do. What did Jesus do? He arose and rebuked the, the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. Note the results. Anyone could come to the conclusion that this is the Son of God speaking and everything responds to his command. However, I find that he has established a great example for us to follow. He spoke to the situation declaring peace be still. What makes it so interesting is the word peace. Peace translates from a a Greek word that means to be silent, to keep quiet, to be silent, to be calm as quiet waters. How often do we need to silence the voices during storms that are declaring uh, to us that we are going to perish? Do you not know that God is not asleep and does care what you are experiencing? The enemy is always using storms to speak fear and discouragement, doubt and unbelief about God into our lives. The first thing we need to do is silence the enemy, commanding peace, silence to the enemy and the voices speaking to us. To emphasize this point, the word still comes from a Greek word meaning to muzzle. To paraphrase this passage, Jesus spoke to the voices that were speaking out of the storm, saying, silence, keep quiet, and be muzzled so that you can speak no more. How many times have we seen people muzzle an animal to keep it from barking or biting? I believe it to be the inaction on the part of the disciples to do this muzzling that prompted Jesus to ask, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? The word fearful means faithless, being cowardly. And they exceeded greatly, he said, the passage writes, and and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? You know, the word feared here uh, actually translates from the word phobias. Um, To be put into fear, alarm, or fright, to be afraid exceedingly. Why are you allowing these voices of fear to speak doubt doubt and unbelief, uh, insinuating that God does not care about what your fate is? Jesus assures us of this truth in Matthew 28 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I believe it was this understanding that prompted the Apostle Paul to write in Philippians 4, verse 10, starting in verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at least you care for me, has flourished even or though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says, I have learned to be content. Content means um, uh, to possess enough strength uh, to need no aid or support, independent of external circumstances, self-efficiency, self-reliance. Was Paul saying he was self-reliant? I think not. He makes this point in the next statement, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul was not self-reliant. He was Holy Spirit-reliant. In Psalm 121, starting in verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Jesus is always with us in storms. In truth, God cares so much about our fate that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. Assuring the outcome for everyone that believes in his accomplished work on the cross. Now we read back in John 3, verse 16, starting verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The word saved here is sozo. It's a familiar word that we often talk about. Uh, it means to keep safe and, to, and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to rescue one from suffering of disease, to make well, heal, restore to health. God chose to save what he values and he values you. Matthew 10:27 says, Whatsoever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the, hear, uh, in the ear, preach in that house stops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will but the very hairs on your head are all numbered do not fear therefore you are not you are more valuable than many sparrows so when we, when we read and understand God's word and how he cares for us and the sacrifice he made, you know, we look and we also um, look at how many times he, he told us, fear not, fear not. As a matter of fact, he told us some 376 times uh, to fear not. In 11 times, God says fear not and refers to the fact that he is present with us. Fear not, for I am with you. We know one thing for sure. Regardless of what the voices may say, God cares. You know, to care and and what the voices will tell you, they try to distract you from the truth. They try to lead you down a path uh, to where fear can move in your life and, uh, and have dominion. What is fear? But a distraction from what is true. Jesus tells us about truth. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's John 8, 31, 32. In John 14, 6, he says, Jesus said this, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Truth, what is truth? Truth is a reality, a thing as it really is, not as it is concealed or falsified. Truth is the real estate of affairs. Now, did Jesus stop there? No. He goes on in John 14, 16. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive it, but it does not see him nor know him. But you know him because he abides in you and will be in with you, and will be in you. Without the spirit of truth, we would just be uh, as deceived as the rest of the world. But He's a, Jesus called him a helper, another helper. And um, when you look at that word uh, helper in the Greek, it means one who may be called upon to provide help or assistance. Called to one's side, especially called to one's aid. Another a definition is one who pleads another's case before a judge, a counselor for defense, legal assistant, an advocate. And another definition is an intercessor, people of God. We need to remember that God is in us and God cares for us. So when we look at fear, we need to address it head on. 1 John four seventeen says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. The complete Jewish Bible translates that passage this way. Here is how love has been brought to maturity with us. As the Messiah is, so are we in this world. This gives us confidence in the day of judgment. There is no fear in love. On the contrary, love that has achieved its goal gets rid of fear. It is often said fear is the opposite of faith. But in truth, fear stands in opposition to love. Remember, what is not a faith is sin. Do not live in fear. But just as Jesus did, address it. Command its silence in your life. Know that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Thank you for joining me today. And we hope that um, God's blessings will guard you and protect you and be poured out upon you even to a greater amount. And uh, you will walk in true faith and in victory because this is our victory, faith. Until next time, goodbye.